it's actually Love not going Talk live Radio. It's not recording. Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and start, even though my computer is saying it's not recording. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Best Life Cafe. My name is Kathy Anello. I'm here with my co-host, Carrie Butler, and this morning we are having an intimate dialogue with God with author Noemi Grace. And it's called An Intimate Dialogue with God because Noemi has written a book called An Intimate Dialogue with God, The Miraculous Power of Unconditional Self-Love. Noemi Grace, she's an author, a psychotherapist, and I love this title because she's also often referred to as a soul healer. And in her new book, she channels new perspectives from God on unconditional self-love, on forgiveness, grace, life, purpose, all those things that Carrie and I love to jam about. And this is just her first book in a series. So we're going to dive into some some of her experience and how she got into this book. And I just want to say good morning to both of you on this blessed August 28th day. Today is my mother's birthday, so happy birthday to my mom. Oh, and welcome to the oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having me. Just so glad to be so here. I, yeah, and you're so I just want to let our listeners know because I love to let you guys know she's in Massachusetts, I'm in California, and Carrie's in Los Angeles, California. And I love that technology can bring us together to have this conversation. So, one of the things that I really just kind of wanted to dive into very first is uh, the theme of your book. A lot of the theme of your book is on self love. And, um, mm-hmm. but before I do that, I actually want to talk about how you even came to write this book. And that happened on mm. 9-11. And so I was wondering if you would just start out by sharing with our listeners um, where you were when 9-11 happened and how this brought, how this book came forth from that moment. Sure. Happy to talk about that. So I was, I was just finishing my grad school in counseling psychology, and I was in my clinical class, and then the planes hit the buildings, and this was in Cambridge, Mass., which is just across the river from Boston. And so when the planes actually took off from Boston, the ones that crashed into the World Trade Center and and the Pentagon, and um, it was so overwhelming to me because I grew up in New York City, and my father had worked in the World Trade Center and had just retired wow. like two years prior. And so I had been on the observation lounge as a kid and looked down, and it was so personal um, because the two cities involved for me were the Boston and New York City, that, that places I had lived for a long time. And um, so there I was stuck in this train station, and the train, everything was not coming. It was so, everything was slowed down, and it was packed, and it was, you could hear the pin drop, and the only thing you, I heard were a few muffled sobs. It was silent, eerie, wow. in an eerie way, and... I could feel my heart pumping in my chest and everything, and and all of a sudden I looked around and I saw the fear on people's faces, and then I started to feel their fear, and so I was overwhelmed with all of this fear, like I had never felt in my life, and sure. I just wanted to curl up, you know, and I couldn't. And in that place, I of fear and overwhelm, I was somehow able to dig deep down inside and access this place within me that I hadn't been to in a long time at that point. And I said this out loud on the platform, use me for the healing of the world. And I shocked myself, and um, but I felt 
just a smidge better. So I, I started to do this like a mantra, use me for the healing of the world. And I said that mantra for about five hours because it took me a very long time to get home. And um, I just, the mantra was, it was self-preservation at that point. It wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. some grand act of, of selflessness, but it, it somehow came to me, this whole thought that the world needs healing. The world is, is falling apart. Like everything I knew I felt like was falling apart. And, well, I was available. I was just about to finish my psychotherapy degree, and um, and I here I am. I'm available. I'm offering myself. And so that experience, I never talked about it. Um, it really shifted me internally, and when I would think about it, it would surprise me, but it would give me some peace. And it was yeah. many years later, in 2012, I'm on the elliptical, and I'm listening to this affirmations recording you girl girl you go girl you can do it you're unstoppable and i'm doing all this stuff and then it gets silent and i'm on the elliptical you know with my arms it gets really silent and then i heard it like just like at the same volume same you know in my ears love is the fabric of freedom forgiveness paves the way to freedom you will know when you are free when there's nothing left to forgive because you see through the eyes of love. I was totally blown away. I got off the elliptical, scrolled that down, and said, I went, oh, my God, where'd this come from? Because there's no way I'm inventing that stuff. That's not where my mind was. That's why I was shoving all these affirmations in my mind to try to make it more positive. And, um, yeah, and so it was from that. it wasn't. It wasn't part of the recording? Like it just came, it was just a download? No, like you just heard it? No, it was not. It was a download on the elliptical. It was my first real, I, I had had blips of different things that I'd heard throughout the years, but this was the first one that was so potent and so real and that I couldn't say, oh, I must be thinking positively today or, you know, it was just <laughs> the words that were used. I never would have used fabric and freedom and, and forgiveness right. and eyes of love those words i just were not using and um so yeah it just the whole thing stopped it was a divine intervention for sure because there was plenty more pump you up affirmations left but on the recording but it just stopped and i heard this and and, and then a few years later i started to receive i started to meditate at that point i wasn't meditating i started to meditate and then after a few months of daily meditation i started to channel these messages and i had my journal right next to me and i would just write 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 everything i heard and that's how oh my god it started with 911 eventually i said why are you giving me these messages like i'm not that special person i'm not famous i'm not i don't have you know all this great following and all of this stuff and why me and it was, you offered yourself on, on 9-11. Do you remember? And I was like, yeah, okay. I just figured I'm a psychotherapist. I'm healing people. That's good enough, you know. Didn't know that. And it is great, but it, it was, and I'm a soul healer. And um, I was really grateful to be able to help people that way. But when this started happening to me, I didn't create it. I didn't try to manifest it in any way. There was no affirmation about this. Um, it was so life-changing and so inspiring and, 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 and uplifting and all of that, but it was so like, yes, this is what I'm here to do. This is why well, I'm so here. Well, what's so interesting, yeah. Uh, 
the normal, I mean, I don't mean the normal person, but a lot of people might not be able to relate or understand to what a download actually is or how Mm -hmm. sometimes in our darkest moments that kind of can come. But I absolutely, when you were talking, I'm like, that's exactly how I wrote my book, that not with messages from God, but I received a download question. And I remember like even looking around going, where did that even come from? You know? And, Mm -hmm. and so I totally know. And that just completely validated your book for me because it does come out of nowhere. And sometimes you have to look at life as like this other realm, like, well, if there's, this isn't all there is, that information that needs to be shared in the world has to come from someone. It has to come from somewhere. So I'm just really fascinated like that by that. And then one of the things you said just now was that you are a soul healer. And I'm wondering if you could explain that to our listeners, what a soul healer does. Sure. So along with going to, well, yeah, I'll explain that and then I'll talk a little bit how I got there. But a soul healer is, for me, what it is, it's, it's, is the ability to heal things that you can't get to with psychotherapy, with cognitive, you know, the, the cognitive behavioral therapies, the, all the buzz in, in therapy now and different techniques, um, mindfulness, there are patterns like, why do I always react like that? Why do, I, why do I lose it there? Or why am I triggered by this thing or, or by these people or, you know, things that we can't understand why, why it's happening because it's not rational? It's because we've had some kind of trauma or loss, and essentially mm-hmm. we've lost a piece of ourselves through all of that, you know. And, uh, we've, and that piece of ourselves is, is um, and psychologists call this, split off personality fragments using a complicated terms because they like to do that. Um, but <laughs> it's part of us. It's like it goes into hiding. It's, it's, we lose a piece of ourselves when we have a big loss or a big trauma. And so now yeah. without that piece, we're not whole and we're, we're triggered easily and we're, we're re- reacting to things that come across our way. And so um, I, I know for me, and, and I've worked with a lot of people, it, it seems like most of us have something that, just can trigger us that we're just not even aware and then boom and and there's a reaction that's either usually emotional or insensitive um or hurtful or shut down you know and so um, the soul healer yeah so we're i'm able to help people heal those by by getting back to the source of that trauma the loss and healing there so going back to that place um you know, with not quite hypnosis, but um, sort of lucid dreaming, um, awareness, um, and reflection, and be able to go back to what what started this, and let's let's change that impact of, that it has on your life by healing it there instead of trying to heal it in the present moment. It's so it's so amazing to me because you know it's like when you said like triggered it's like we you're you're right like we don't know what triggers like like there are things that that we get triggered by we didn't even know we're there it's like what the heck like where the heck did that come from you know and it's crazy I mean Kathy and I have talked about you know triggers and stuff all the time and not all the time but it's just it's crazy to me to think that like things are so impactful in our lives and then we don't even realize how much they've affected us going forward. Yeah. It's like it's like they 
I don't know, like they're in like these little boxes in our body or something, and then something happens in the box, (laughs) you know, it's like a jack in the box, right? It like pops open. It's just like, (laughs) what the hell? Like, thanks. Um, (laughs) But I appreciate. (laughs) Thanks, babe. Um, I, so when you say that you, you heal them, is it, is it from this lifetime or do you like go back even further or? Oh, okay. Like, well, I didn't know if it, was, like... if it was okay to speak about that. But, yes, sometimes sometimes the things that are really okay. that we seem to have no control over tend to be, since it's okay to talk about this, um, things, patterns <laughs> that we've had in, in other lifetimes too. And so they're just reinforced over and over and over again. So, yes, sometimes I, I have the ability, I have the gift of the look back. So I have the ability to look back in people's, in a soul's journey and, and see things. So I'm able to see, okay, here's what I'm seeing, and able to go, hmm, this is your ex-husband here in this lifetime doing doing that, you know, and able to then yeah. bring back that part it's of you that trip. gets lost in, through the trauma. Yeah. So. You know, it's, I always, I always found, like, you know, something, like, for me personally, like, and they'll say, okay, like, go back to a time. And I have to tell you, that is where I get tripped up. Like, it's like, go back to a time when. It's like, you know, it's like, you were seven or you were eight or whatever. It's like, I don't, mm. like, sometimes, like, that stuff just doesn't ring true to me. It's like, you know, does, so does mm-hmm. that mean, like, it's just so buried? Or could it be, like, from another lifetime and... I, you know what I'm. You know what I'm asking. It's like I don't. Yeah. I. Yeah. I so, hate when people ask me that actually because I'm like I. Yeah. Know no, I what happened. I, when I, I actually. Was five. <laughs> I, I I know what you're saying, and I I've been in workshops or something where they've asked to go back to you know age two and a half or five or, um, <laughs> and sometimes we can remember a certain trauma that we've had then, but sometimes the trauma doesn't happen then, or sometimes it happens when you're preverbal. And so how are you going to go back and and reflect on that? So, so you know, when I work with people, it's sort of like because I have that gift to look of, of looking into a soul, I'm able to say, okay, here's what I'm seeing, so not requiring them to go back to a certain mm. time. What does that feel like when you do that? Like how does oh, that feel to you? I love That's, it. It sounds so cool. <laughs> it is cool. It, it, I love it because it really changes people. They say, oh, my goodness, I have this whole new experience. Like I had a client recently who was is the most beautiful soul, light soul being, but obsessed with, with not obsessed, but very overly interested in massacres that have occurred through history. And... Um, but it was so out of character for who she is now, but would have to watch the History Channel and watch these massacres and things. And um, bringing back, going back to where that happened, which was a long, long time ago, and what it is that she's trying to resolve by doing that was life-changing for her. So, um, yeah, it's it's really... Those parts of us that we've lost in these big traumas. Yeah? Yeah, I have, you know, I've heard a lot. I've studied a little bit about past life, and I I had to laugh when you said, can we talk about it? I just want to say you can talk about anything. This is live radio. We always take it spontaneous, and I love where our conversations go. 
And I think that when I think about the past life and like you saying, oh, that's your ex, your ex-husband is actually your, you know, mother from another century or whatever, that's really hard for me. But I've also had those connections with people that are undeniable, indescribable, no reason to have connection with, and there exactly. they are. And exactly. When that you happens, meet someone. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't deny the connection because you just can't. And so that is what always brings me back to, it's not that maybe I even knew you, but like there's so many levels of what the soul connection really means. And, and we could probably have a whole show on that. But, but I always oh, feel sure. like when I have that, when I know that, whether it's with a friend or a romantic partner or, you know, a, a child or, or a grandchild, something where you meet that that soul and have that indescribable love bond with them, mm. then I know mm. there's something more like there's just because otherwise you'd have that with everybody, you know, and you don't have it with everybody. Exactly. With, exactly. And sometimes they're unexplainable. You're like, you know, like old man, young lady, whatever. Like there's so many different ways that you look and go, why are they together? Or what? But that's because their souls are connecting and it has nothing to do with, Oh, no, even, you know, absolutely. genders crossing. It's just their souls are connecting and there is no physical attribute attached to it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's more of a emotional feeling. Ah, anyway. It's just okay, like a knowing when you meet someone. And you, go ahead. Yeah. It's, it's like there's a knowing of this person. Like it's like you've known them your whole life, but you just met them recently and it, it really exactly. is quite remarkable when you, you have that soul connection. It's, it's, it's so, it's a beautiful it's thing. It's so, you know, thing. juicy. Carrie, you and I definitely met and, and immediately have been actually talked every day since we've met practically. Wow. Yeah. We, well, except yeah, I'm like, hello, Carrie, stuff, but yeah, we just wanted to talk to you. No, okay. I am here. I'm moving. I, <laughs> I'm moving on to the the subject of self-love, and I really would like to hear your definition, Noemi, of self-love for our listeners, because I think it's one of the hardest subjects that uh, we to grasp. Like I I was saying to you earlier, what I feel about self-love is that you don't really get it until you're left with yourself and there's nobody else to love like you're and once that happens to you mm. you're like okay that the only thing I can do right now is love myself because I have no romantic partner my kids are gone my friends are not wanting to show up today or whatever that is when you're left in those alone moments that's when you pick yourself up off the ground and start saying I love you you know to yourself and so I want to get that's my definition of it or how I found it. But I, what I want to know is what your definition of it is for our listeners and what they can take away from what self-love really feels like it means. Sure. And I think most, a lot of, a lot of people feel like they love themselves, but you know, and my book is about the miraculous power of unconditional self-love, which is kind of a tall order um, for mm-hmm. most of us. Um, so we all, most of us do know what the feeling of love is, and certainly there are different aspects of love, right? There's the romantic love, there's the parent-child love, there's the friend love, there's, there are many, so many different types of love and that we can experience, and we often leave ourselves out of the equation. And some people that are so loving of other people 
don't even think about loving themselves, don't give it any energy. And so in self-love, we give that same quality of love to ourselves that we give to those that we love close the most unconditionally, whether it's our children or our our partner. And um, so we then can look at ourselves, embrace ourselves as we are, beauty, warts, wounds, all of it, and have stop rejecting ourselves, stop resisting ourselves. And so it is when we can be with ourselves with as we are with the person that matters most to us in our life, then we have experienced self-love. Oh, I love that. So, and then I'm going to throw a complete wrench in this love thing. <laughs> so I'm reading your okay. book. Okay. Right? And it's like, because <laughs> um, I am that girl. But, but so, you know, you, when you're talking in your book, you talk about choosing from love and how to make more self-loving choices and how in situations, you know, you just kind of go, what's the most loving thing I can do for this situation? What's the most loving thing I can do for myself in this situation? And I think that they are really good questions to ask in every situation. But sometimes, and you even write, love does not conquer, fight, or resist anything. Love melts, heals, and enlivens. And I'm like, and I was reading that, and then I wrote next to it, I'm like, and love is complicated, messy, confusing, um, you know, problematic <laughs> sometimes. And, and so throwing the wrench in that, it's like love is such a thrown-around word. But it's also the most healing word, like, period, I love you. Like, that pretty much takes care of everything. Like, at our family, this is what we do whenever we have to say something negative to somebody. We look and we go, you know, I love you, right? Like, you immediately give love (laughs) as the very first thing. We do, me and my kids, me and Carrie, you and I do that. You're like, you know, I love you. And you come always from in, in a place of advice, from a place of love. So when you have, like, mm-hmm. this version of, wow, self-love's great, unconditional love's great, love heals all, but you have this love that feels messy, complicated, confusing, you don't understand, you want to push it away, what's the difference? Why does, okay. the love, why does love have that incantation of, of messy, complicated, confusing, unvalidating, and, you know, insecure about right. me, insecure about it? Like, what is all that? That's great. And so, you know, in my dialogue with the divine what i learned is that love is the essence of god and love is actually our essence so what we associate with love what we define as love is is this connection this bond between people that we have and so you know i love you i've got this bond i've got this connection with you but it is really our true nature is love and and different flavors of love because some people have a lot of compassion. Some people are so joyful when they're really in their essence, when they've stripped away all of the, the confusion and complexity. And so we have looked at it. You know, there's there's a relationship status. It's complicated, right? I mean, so so there's, <laughs> you know, I mean, we've decided. And so we confuse, we associate love as this relational thing. And that's, in a way, helped sets us up to not love ourselves because we forget that we have a relationship with ourselves um, because we just are too busy relating out there. And we're so externally focused, we've learned to be externally focused that we forget to look inside. And so when we 
when we can see ourselves, and so from seeing from eyes of love, when you can see yourself from love, you will see the truth of who you are deep down underneath all of the yucky stuff, all of the wounds, all of the stuff you're not proud of is this beautiful essence of you. And in that beautiful essence, it is not complicated. It is not convoluted. It is not laced with pain and and, and challenge. It just is you. And so it's your unique essence of love. It's your unique being of love. So um, when we talk about love heals and melts and enlivens, and I remember in that book, you know, the divine had said something, and I said, love conquers all, you know, being cute. And it was that's where the <laughs> statement came out. Uh, not exactly, because love doesn't conquer anything. You know, that's the ego love, right? So then there's the ego love and the unconditional love. They're not the same love. And so when we get our ego, and this is like a whole other <laughs> other conversation. Right, another, another you show. Know, that could <laughs> fill up a, a whole a whole show with this. But so we have all of this confusion and complexity and convolution associated with love, and then love is pain for a lot of people because the the essence of love, which is the essence of who we are. And so when you have that soul connection, Kathy and Carrie, when you met each other, that wasn't convoluted and, and painful. It was like, yes, because you have that soul connection, that, that essence of love between you that, doesn't carry all of this other stuff it's unlaced it's pure and so uh, you know love yes is widely used and it's used in so many contexts that that what we think of as love is really this is this complicated thing that is love but it's got a lot of unlove non-love in there you know well it's interesting that you say you know that as a soulmate you wouldn't have that complicated but but I have had that soulmate and had it be complicated and and you know sort of messy and and and, and I think sure. that um what I'm hearing is though that at the end of the day even though it's messy complicated confusing at the end of the day it doesn't really matter cuz it's just love like you just love that person or you just you know, at the end of the day, all that messy stuff or maybe something that someone did to you or whatever it is doesn't really matter mm-hmm. if you love them. You know, I, I have a T-shirt on today, and I, I kind of wore this in honor of our show today that this is love never gives up. And I was like, is that even true? Like, because we do give up on love at some levels at some points in our mm-hmm. life. Even if you love somebody, sometimes you have to walk away, you know. And so I just thought sure. it was an interesting thing. Shirt. I was like, love never gives up. I wonder if that's really true. Anyways, I love this conversation. I'm super excited about that. And I just, before we have to wrap it up here, um, one of the things that you write about is you said, change your filter, change your life. And we only have a few more minutes, but you said you live your life through filters and you filter what you see into perception. And then every experience in your life has been filtered through uh, it says, is filtered through your idea of how love should be. The only unfiltered experiences are unconditional love and oneness, which most of, for most of you is a rare experience. So how do you get rid of the filters? Mm, and again, that's another another thing. But it's firstly awa- the awareness that you are we are filtering, and even our eyes filter. Apparently how we see, I'm looking at trees right now, apparently the colors and things are not exactly how they really are, but it's it's what we've learned to it's filter our, our eyes filter perception. Yeah. Everything is perception to us. So what's real is not so real. Um, 
what's real, more real is the perception. And so um, to change that perception, um, it, it takes work. It has awareness first, like, okay, I'm filtering. I'm what, how am I filtering? You know, my book talks about the primary filters of us when we're on autopilot, living, living on autopilot is, is judgment and victim consciousness. We've been trained to see that way. And so being aware of how am I looking at this? So whenever things don't feel good is a good time to start try, to start going, okay, can I look at this differently? How am I filtering this? Well, this person is always mean to me. Okay, is there a different way to look at this? If I see it from love, oh, this person is mean to me when they have had an abuse from their, their partner or um, right. they're not mean to me. They're just, they're just so overwhelmed that, that they become thoughtless. And so being able to have compassion really helps, and that's connected with love. I mean, you, yeah. when you have compassion well, oh, for yourself wow. and others, you can, then yeah. you can love. Thank you so much for sharing this wonderful conversation. Mm. Yeah. My pleasure. Okay, where can we find you, Naomi? Where can we find you? Uh, Noemi, um, yes. So um, I have a website which has a blog and some other offers on it it, at noemigrace.com. That's N-O-E-M-I, grace, G-R-A-C-E dot com. And I also have a Facebook page, the author page, at Noemi Grace Author on Facebook. Um, Those are the the two main um, places. I have my blog is on my website, and I also post Nuggets of Divine Wisdom, at least weekly, on my my Facebook page. Yes. All right. Well, this will be a podcast in just about two hours. Carrie, do you have a Wayne Dyer Wednesday for us? I do. And with all of the stuff that we've been talking about, I think this is very appropriate. And it is, you are love. You emanate from pure love. You're connected to the source of love at all times. Wayne Dyer. Yay. Mm. Of course. I love that. Okay. Beautiful. Well, thank you to all our listeners for listening in today. Please rate, rate and review and subscribe to this podcast. We will be back next week after Labor Day, kicking off the fall. Thank you, Noemi. Have a blessed day, everybody. Thank, thank you. you. Aloha, everybody. Bye. Bye.